Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Therefore, submit yourselves to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Isn't that exactly what happened in the desert when Jesus, when he was tempted in the desert? The devil came four different times to tempt Jesus on different levels. And each time the Lord responded from verses out of Deuteronomy. He said, the word says this, counteracting. And finally the devil's like, I'm not going to get through to this guy. And he's speaking to God in the flesh. Right, And then finally, after enough resistance, the devil would flee. Don't give up, my brothers, my sisters. We live in a really twisted world. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ. James tells us to submit to God and resist the devil. Today on Truth in Christ, Pastor Rob finalizes this section of James chapter 4 by explaining our defenses against the temptations of the devil. But also, if we draw nearer to God, he will draw nearer to us. If we abide in our Lord and Savior, we will resist the devil and draw closer to him. We must acknowledge the fact that we cannot do this alone, and we must humble ourselves and submit to our Heavenly Father. As Christians, we know that we have to die to self and daily pick up our cross and follow Jesus Christ. Here's Pastor Rob with the lesson for today. You're not willing to wait. How many of those things that you've put on your credit card are real needs? Real needs. Or is it just going out to eat, and then you get the bill and you can't pay for it? Because you don't have a budget. You don't, you're not thinking ahead. We ought to be doing that. But these things create problems in relationships with spouses. You know this to be true. There's a lot of uh, couples in this room where in the very beginning, or even, maybe even today, you're struggling and, and fighting over money. Who gets what? He wants the truck and the trailer. She wants more money to put away for the children's education. He wants a new snap-on tools rack for his garage but she wants to put away money for a new car. We all have these male and female rubs where we're just like, I want what I want, and I work hard, and I deserve it, right? That's what we think. And yet God is saying, why are you fighting? Why are you fighting? Why don't you pray about that? Do you really need that? Pray about it. And if you do need it, then wait. Make a plan. Ask God to to see what he's going to do. And certainly don't do it at the expense of those you love the most. The one who you made vows before, all of your friends and family, before God. Why ruin that relationship over a desire, over a lust of yours? Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 13, he says, Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that my Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now here's the problem. We often don't ask in the name of the Lord. We ask because we want it. If it's something that's really um, of the Lord, he can give it to us. He can entrust it to us. But when I want it, because I just want it, for whatever reason, I might not get that. 
And if I'm smart, I'm not going to strive against it. I'm not going to strive against it. I've done that before, and I've plowed through and got what I wanted, only to find that there was leanness to my soul afterwards. And you really can't enjoy it. There's no greater blessing than when God provides and he blesses you with something. There is a peace, there is a joy, and it's not going to cost you a relationship. It's not going to cost you strife in your marriage. Your family's not going to disintegrate because of the fighting that goes on. Think about it. Pray about the things. And see how many of those things are real needs. I'm learning that. Are you learning that too? I'm learning. You know, it's funny. It doesn't matter your age. It seems to be more prevalent in the younger ages just because of our immaturity. But as we get older, you start to wisen up because you go through the hard knocks and you go through the pain. And you're like, you know what? This is just not worth it. I've been down this road a few times. And every single time I do this thing and I get burned every single time. When am I going to learn? <laughs> do you ever, have you had that lesson? Over and over again, you're like, man, I am just such an idiot. <laughs> Lord, I need your help. Just take out that big sledge and just hit me over the head with it. Why don't I learn? Why do I hurt those around me? Every good gift comes from the Lord. Again, I'm not going to give my daughter the 400-pound chocolate bar. You don't do that. God doesn't do it either. So examine your motives for things that you desire. Just as James was telling these people, examine your heart. Why are you fighting? Why are you warring? Why are you coveting? And why don't you pray? And when you do pray and you don't get it, be patient. Wait for it. In verse 4, he says, adulterers and adulteresses. And we know what that is. He's speaking of spiritual adultery here. Because we've replaced our first love with the things of our desire. We hold that in higher esteem and in a greater place than we do the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? It's hatred. Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And we know that when he speaks of the world, he's not just speaking about the physical world. He's speaking about the world and its, its system. The systems of the world. The lusts of the world. In 1 John chapter 2, the apostle says, verse 15, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, notice the love of the Father is not in him. It doesn't mean that you can't like things or even love things. It just depends on how great is that love. You know, God wants you to enjoy things. But let them be things that he can entrust you with. Let, him be, let it be things that your motive is right in having them. And you can enjoy them. He wants you to enjoy them. There's no, he's not upset that you want something that you will enjoy. He likes to bless you. And I love it sometimes I've asked him for things that are a little bit questionable in my heart. And then he blesses me with it. And I'm like, man, Lord, you're so good. I wasn't even sure if it was the right thing. And then he went ahead and allowed it somehow. And I'm like, man... And, and what is the result of that? I drop to my knees and I thank him for his goodness. The very result he was longing for now is becoming apparent. It's coming out of my life. And that ought to be the same for us. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We, our minds need to be renewed from this stuff from our past, from this old lust. Every one of us was born with a lustful nature. We desire things, we want things, and we must get it. I'll refrain from doing my Gollum voice. <laughs> Do not be conformed, but transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There's nothing greater than the perfect will of God. Let God's perfect will be done. It's always the best. Don't settle for his permissive will. You can make his permissive will happen sometimes. God's like, well, it wasn't my best. 
okay, you're going to have that, but it's not going to be what you think it is, right? And so it's something that we need to consider, okay? So how do we renew our mind? We, we get into the Word, and we pray. We pray. In Second Timothy, Paul understood this, this whole idea he says, be diligent to come to me quickly, he said to Timothy, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. What is it that, you know, you're willing to walk away from the Lord for? Everybody has, you know that phrase, everybody has their price? I pray that none of us can say that, that there's a price so great that we'd be like, yeah, I'll do it. If somebody was to give you the winning ticket to the Powerball, which we were driving on 490 and saw it's up to $654 million. After taxes, probably 450 lump sum payment. <laughs> Somebody was to give you that, would you, would you walk away from everything that you've ever known? They can have it. It would destroy probably most of us. Right? Verse 5, Or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? See, God loves you. He's jealous over you. When we think in our culture of jealousy, it's usually negative. Because when we think of a husband and a wife or a, a boyfriend and a girlfriend, and jealousy can often turn deadly. My mom's a police officer, and she went on so many calls where the husband is, is beating on the wife or the wife is beating on the husband. She shows up, and she's trying to get them off of one another, and they end up beating her. All over jealousy. But God's jealous for you in a different way because he knows what's best for you. I don't know what's best for me. But God knows what's best. Verse 6, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I love that. He will always resist the proud, but give grace to the humble. And when you're willing to wait and be patient and not allow your life to be consumed on material things, God is going to, he can entrust in you those kinds of things. Will you let him do it? Verse 7, therefore, as a result of all of that, submit to God. Submit to him. Is there any person that you would want to submit to? Do you want to submit to the, 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 the God who the Muslims worship, Allah? Islam literally means submission do you want to submit to a God who calls its believers to kill themselves, to take out other people whom that God hates? Just because he's capricious, because you're not one of them. Or are you going to serve the living God who died for everyone so that you don't have to do the dying? He did the dying, now we need to do the living. Certainly dying to ourselves, but living for Christ in this world where people need to see the difference of real love and Feigned love. Big difference. Big difference. Therefore, submit yourselves to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Isn't that exactly what happened in the desert? When Jesus, when he was tempted in the desert, the devil came four different times to tempt Jesus on different levels. And each time the Lord responded from verses out of Deuteronomy. He said, the word says this counteracting, and finally the devil's like, I'm not going to get through to this guy. And he's speaking to God in the flesh, <laughs> right? And then finally, after enough resistance, the devil would flee. Don't give up, my brothers, my sisters. We live in a really twisted world. Things are very difficult. They're hard. 
Some of you right now are just at your wit's end. If you're not at your wit's end, you're going to go into a place where you'll probably be at your wit's end. But don't give up. Don't give up. Resist those things in your life and those things that you know that are just a a pet of yours. Every one of us has a pet. Today, deliver yourself from it. Get on your knees and ask God to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, every single thing. Let's not play games with the Lord anymore. I don't want to do it. I know that you don't want to do it. Draw near to God, verse 8, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, James says to this group, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He's being kind of hard on them, isn't he? But I love that when it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Remember in Luke chapter 15, the, the, the son had taken his father's wealth and his, his inheritance, and he goes off into a land and he lives it up. He lives it up. He goes to the parties. He's got the ladies. He's got the, everybody loves him. Another round of drinks. All the ladies are hanging off of him. And he's drinking. He's having a great old time. But then when the money runs out, the friends go away. So do the ladies. And all of a sudden, he's sitting there going, hmm, I thought I was having a good time, but now I don't have anything. It would be better if I go back to my father and just be one of his servants. At least they have a meal to eat and a roof over their head every night. I'll go back. And I love that. The son makes the, he, he's on his way. And what happens? Just like this. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. As the son is coming, the father sees him afar off. And he sees him and his tears start to well up in his eyes. And he runs after him. He runs after him. That's what it says. He runs after him and he puts his arm around him and he kisses him and he hugs him. And he goes, my son was lost but now he's found. Some of us are like that. And God wants to bring you back. He wants to bring you back. He wants to love on you. Any little overture that you make to get near to God, he is going to do much, much more to come after you. Because he loves you. A person won't do that. But God Almighty, who is perfect and knows all things, he will do it because he loves his creation. And he loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son as a gift that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. If there are any of you here today that have not given your heart to Christ, do that today. Because there's no one who loves you like Jesus loves you. No one on the earth can love you that perfectly. And he did this while we were yet sinners. Isn't that what the Bible says? That while we were yet sinners... Christ died for the ungodly. When I was in my mess, when you were in your mess, even when you were not even aware of his existence, he died for you, knowing that several years later you would give your heart to him and you'd come into a knowledge of him and give thanks to what he had done. Isn't that amazing grace? That is amazing grace. But we need to be in the word Verse 9, he says, Lament and mourn and weep. This is, sounds like a real nice time. <laughs> Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. You know, there is a wonderful passage. If you go with me to Luke chapter 18, and we're going um, to close here pretty quickly. But notice in Luke chapter 18, this passage is really wonderful. 
Humble yourselves, he says, in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. God will lift you up. Are you feeling down and feeling like you're being stepped on? Do you feel like your life means nothing? Do you feel, are you in your 50s and going through a midlife crisis? Men? I met, another, I met a guy recently, was, I think it was just yesterday. He was saying, I'm, I don't know what's going on, but I, you know, I'm, I'm just going through this midlife thing, and it's driving me crazy. And I'm, I, I like looked at him, and I don't know. I mean, I can understand where you get to a certain point and you're like wondering, what did I do with my life? Maybe that's what it is. But really what it is is just pride because I think I should be so much better than what I am. I think I should be so much more well-off than I am. And really what it comes down to is pride, isn't it? I'm not where I think I deserve to be. (laughs) Therefore, I'm upset and I'm going to take pills and I'm going to go away and sulk in my room with cable television, with NFL playing. Right? Notice what it says in Luke chapter 18. It's a parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And we've read this before in Luke 18, verse 9. He says, Also he spake this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. And here Jesus gives a parable. He says, Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and he prayed with himself. Prayed thus with himself, he said. He says, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. You can almost hear the smugness in his voice. And the tax collector, standing afar off, wouldn't so much as raise his eyes to heaven, totally broken, totally contrite, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be Exalted. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. The only way in the kingdom of God is down rather than up. If you are willing to be a servant of all and you're willing to do anything, God can then promote you. But if you're full of yourself, and there's a lot of people today that are full of themselves, Look at my gifts, my accomplishments. Look at how much money I've got. Look at my skill set that I have that's so valuable that all the Fortune 500 companies are salivating over my skill set and who I am. The way up in the kingdom is down. It's just opposite from the world. We know this. John the Baptist, one of the greatest preachers, had a six-month ministry and he said, Lord, he says, I must decrease that the Lord might increase. And Jesus said, of men born among women, this one is, is great. You know, he's a, he's a great man. He's a great man. Finally, we're going to finish in Mark 9, chapter 33. There was a time when the disciples were arguing amongst themselves who was going to be the greatest. Mark 9, verse 33. And it says, Then he, speaking of Jesus, when he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, he says, What was it that you disputed among yourselves on the road? Speaking to his disciples. But they kept silent, for on the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve. And he said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. And yet in our culture, we've got it the other way around. The one who's great is the one who sits on top and everybody else serves them. But God says, not so in my kingdom. If you want to be great, be the servant of all. And you know, 
not only just to Jesus himself, but are you willing to serve someone else? Are you willing to serve your wife, your spouse? Are you willing to serve one another? How things would be different if we didn't see each other as, you know, you give to me and I'll give to you. But the moment you don't give, you're going to withhold. Is that the way we are? Or do you just give? Just give, give. Be a giver, be a giver. Even if the other person doesn't reciprocate, because you will receive a great reward in heaven. Because when you do it, if you do it with the right heart, you're serving the Lord. Because you're not thinking about yourself any longer. You're thinking about someone else. So let's be about that. Amen? Let's be about that. Serving others, thinking less of ourselves, and being willing to be the servant of all, especially when nobody's watching, especially when nobody is watching, especially when no one is watching. You know, I think that the Lord delights when he sees some of us doing things. No one's around. No one can lay claim to it. No one can see it. There's no evidence of it. And we do something because it's just the right thing to do. It's just the right thing to do, regardless of who's in front of us or whether we're alone. You do the right thing. That really blesses the heart of God. But we got to believe it. The Pharisees were like, if I'm going to do a good thing, I want to make sure that Channel 8 and Channel 10 are there. With the camera right in my face. Yes, I'm humble. Going to do this. Yeah. Watch. Watch. See how I do it. I'm much better than the other guy. God's going, you have your reward. That's your reward. Emptiness. Leanness of soul. But God wants to give you a fruitful life. A life that has meaning. A life that has purpose. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. Let's stand together and let's pray that God would do that and be considering these things. Let's be submitted and obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. Then there won't be wars amongst ourselves. And if we're in prayer, in serious prayer, desperate prayer, God will listen and he will answer in accordance to his will. Examine our hearts on everything we pray about. And don't be afraid to ask. If you're a little bit on the fence about whether your motivation is really right, pray. You may be surprised, like I have a couple times. Because you don't ask, or you don't have because you don't ask. Would you do that with me this week? Pray. Jesus told his disciples, you guys haven't asked me anything. Why don't you pray? Father, we do. (laughs) We recognize, Lord, the world we live in. We recognize our propensity, Lord, to be caught up in it. Lord, to be walking by sight rather than by faith. It's inherent in our DNA. From the moment we were born in sin, Lord, we have just lived according to that rule, Lord, and we know that it's a deadly rule. But Lord, you cause us to walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, give us that grace this week, Lord, to walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, give us the grace this week to examine our own hearts about these things. Lord, help us to cease from arguing and fighting over money and the lusts that we have, our rights, our willingness to, or our, what we think we deserve because we work hard. Lord, help us to submit all of that at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, your will be done. And in your time, in your plan, Lord, I just surrender it all. I'm fed up. I'm tired of fighting and striving and causing havoc in my family. Lord, help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcasts. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until this same time tomorrow, This has been Truth in Christ.